The National Guard sneaks a vaccine. I'm not kidding. You're not going to believe this story. The government helping save your marriage? <clears throat> yeah, okay. And divers doing the right thing. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday. Halfway through the week. It is Wednesday night, just after 10 here in Malaysia. Uh, 10 o'clock on the morning on the East Coast of Wednesday of the U.S. of A. Hello, America. How are you? We've got uh, viewers across the planet, India, UK, New Zealand, Australia, uh, just a little bit everywhere, I think, both our viewers on our live stream and also, of course, our, uh, our podcast listeners, which is the audio part of our video live stream. We put that out as a podcast about 10 minutes after the show is wrapped up. And uh, it's on all the major platforms. Please do when you have a moment. Uh, if I could ask a small favor, just go to wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple's, uh, iTunes, um, uh, Stitcher, Geo7, Radio Public, uh, Tuned In, and uh, search The Jay Sheldon Show and just click follow or subscribe. Doesn't cost a dime, helps me a lot. It really does. <clears throat> Thank you so much for that. Aldwin Wong. <laughs> Hello, sup, Jay? Not much, actually. It's, uh, well, we got some really strange news today in our uh, coverage of the stuff we're going to be talking about. One, the, our lead story, unbelievable, but we're going to tell it to you anyway. It has to do with the U.S. and the U.S. National Guard. Uh, well, I, I'm not surprised, but anyway, that story will be coming up right now. The most important news of all are Miko Update. Miko Update. Yeah, Miko Update. Miko is great. She's downstairs hanging out, looking at her food in her dish. I know, it's like 10 o'clock at night and she still hasn't eaten her supper. She's waiting for one of us to feed her. She just got into this I want to be hand fed thing. We cannot break her of it. She will literally starve herself before she eats out of her bowl. Don't know what it is. Once every couple of weeks, she might eat from the bowl. It's just this prima donna thing. <clears throat> but uh, that's what she does, and there's no breaking her of that nasty habit. So there you go. Uh, Miko's doing doing really great, though, and thank you very much for uh, for your comments and your PMs and stuff. I get them all the time asking about Miko. Our Miko update, of course, is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. It's a monthly subscription service available in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada. Sadly, not in other parts of the world yet. But if you have one of those forward shipping services, you could still order it, even if you're in Malaysia or the U.K. or wherever you are. Uh, it is uh, a box that comes every month with a theme to it. And inside, you will find doggy toys, a few of those, uh, dog treats, a couple of bags of all-natural dog treats, and a dog chew. And they're all cute. They're adorable. Your dog will love them, I promise you. If you or your dog is not happy with anything, they will replace it. They go the extra mile to make sure that you are satisfied. <clears throat> they also There's a tick box when you order, whether your dog is small, medium, or large. And that'll depend on the size of the toys and the chews and things that they send. And if your dog has any allergies, you just tick the box chicken, beef, fish, whatever the allergies are, and they'll make sure that you don't get those. Customer satisfaction with this BarkBox.com, beyond belief. They are such great people. And if you use our special link, which is in the show notes tonight, 
easy to remember, BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. You will get a free extra month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Uh, you can sign up for just one month, but you can sign up for six. And if you use our link, you'll get seven months, one month free. Or you sign up for 12, you get 13. Uh, again, it's BarkBox.com slash Miko. And uh, we thank them very much for sponsoring our Miko update. Check it out, please, wherever you may be, even if you can't order because they don't ship internationally yet. Check it out. You'll, you'll want to find a way forward shipping service or something to, to do that. <clears throat> anyway, BarkBox.com slash Miko is the link. And uh, yeah, uh, I did not put this link in our show notes, but I just wanted to share this with you because it's so yummy. It really is. It's ice kacang. Now, if you're in Malaysia, you know what ice kacang is. Literally translated, it means ice nuts. <laughs> but there's so much more than nuts in these things. Uh, ice kacang is shaved ice with rose syrup, gula malacca, which is a, a very dark brown sugar, red beans, all these kind of jelly things, peanuts, there's the kachang, uh, chendol, that's that green, slimy, wormy looking thing. It's very sweet, it's very refreshing, and we Malaysians love our ice kachang. So I just wanted to, uh, to share that with you tonight before we got things rolling. And one other thing I wanted to share with you tonight is this sad story. We lost a legend today, Loretta Lynn. If you are not into country music, and if you're probably under 30 years old, you have no idea who Loretta Lynn is. But trust me, she is or was an absolute legend. I guess is, because she will always be a legend. Uh, from the family of Loretta Lynn, we lost our precious mom. She passed away peacefully this morning. October 4th, in her sleep at home at her beloved ranch in Hurricane Mills. Uh, the family has asked for privacy during this time as they grieve. An announcement regarding the memorial will be forthcoming in a public announcement. That, uh, that there is the amazing, the amazing <clears throat> Loretta Lynn. Uh, what can I tell you about her that will probably make people who don't think they know her know her? Coal miner's daughter. You remember that film with uh, Sissy Spacek, I believe, played Loretta Lynn? That was originally a song by Loretta Lynn, one of her biggest hits. And uh, Coal Miner, because Loretta, in fact, was a coal miner's daughter. Uh, we, Like I said, we lost a legend. Very, very sad news, uh, passing of Loretta Lynn. And you know what? Somebody made the comment I saw on Facebook. There is going to uh, come a time soon when we have no more living legends walking among us people like loretta lynn if you think about it not just country music i'm talking about let's you know i don't wish ill on any of these people lord knows but somebody like elton john a legend he's not a spring chicken seems to be healthy and doing well but uh you know he's not going to be around forever and there are so few out of modern day music who really deserve the title legend. We aren't creating legends anymore, sadly. Not that I can think of. Um, and these people are getting up there and passing. Nothing to do about it. Going to happen anyway to all of us. But uh, it is sad as we continue to, uh, 
to lose some of the greats. Loretta Lynn, you will be sadly missed. All right, let's get on to our unbelievable news stories tonight, the first of which comes from the Epic Times, and it is... It's beyond belief. The link to this story is in our show notes. The National Guard Service gives members COVID-19 vaccines instead of an influenza flu shot. Unbelievable. They administered this to multiple service members who were actually in line to get an influenza shot including a member who objected to the COVID-19 vaccine on religious grounds, according to officials and one of the members. This took place in late 2021. It is only coming out in the news now. They were having a vaccination clinic in which both the flu shot and the COVID-19 vaccines were being administered. Three service members were accidentally given a COVID vaccine, according to Major Carl Lamb, spokesman for the Maine National Guard. He told the Epic Times in an email, uh, Matthew Bouchard, who's no longer with the Guard, identified himself as one of those members. He was ordered to receive an annual flu vaccine and went to the clinic to get it. He verified his name, date of birth, part of his social security number, and told officials at the clinic he was there for the flu vaccine. He was injected with a dose of messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccine, officials told him. You know how you went in for that flu shot? Well, it wasn't a flu shot. That was the COVID-19 vaccine, Bouchard told the Epic Times, recounting a meeting he had with his supervisors. I think in my mind at that point, I was like, I completely don't know if I trust anybody in the military, he added. That is a picture of him. Each branch of the military has ordered members to get vaccinated after Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, a Biden appointee in August of 2021, directed them to do so. Under federal law, medical and religious exemptions can be sought. The military has been using form letters with striking similarities to deny many religious exemption requests. Federal judges have found and several branches are blocked from taking punitive action against religious objectors. He said he was pursuing a religious exemption due to his Christian faith when he was injected with a vaccine against his will. At the time, he only had several months left before his enlistment was over. I think what they did was they thought soldiers who didn't want it and they accidentally get it are just going to come around and continue their service. So I feel like that was a way to vaccinate people. Unbelievable. They are supposedly investigating this, but the fox is watching the chicken coop. They're investigating it themselves. He's hired a lawyer. Good for you. And it will continue. We'll keep an eye on this story and let you know. You want to read all the details about it and what happened in the aftermath? The link is in our show notes. Uh, do check it out and uh, find out more, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, more from the uh, from the uh, scary annals of 
C-19 history. Check out this one. This information just came out because they got forced to release it. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sought medical care after the vaccine. And that is according to the CDC's, the Center for Disease Control's own data. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sought medical care after getting a vaccine, according to CDC. Uh, That data was only released two days ago, October 3rd. 782,900 people reported seeking medical, medical attention, emergency room care, and or hospitalization following their vaccination. Another 2.5 million people reported needing to miss school work or other normal activities as a result of a health event after they were uh, vaccinated. The report made to the CDC's VSAFE program a new vaccine safety monitoring system to which users can report issues through smartphones. They released the data to the Informed Consent Action Network after being sued over not producing the data when it was requested by the nonprofit. ICANN, that's the Informed Consent Action Network, posted a dashboard summarizing the data, but they were not going to release it until they got sued to release it. 10 million people have utilized the V-Safe during the period of time. The data covers December 2020, July 2022. 231 million Americans received at least one vaccine dose during that time. And uh, V-Safe users reported 71 million symptoms. Most common, chills, swelling, joint pain, muscle body aches, headache, fatigue, general pain, and about 4.2 million of the symptoms were considered severe. Read the rest of this article. Check it out if you would. The link is in our show notes. It includes some very scary stuff. Yeah. All right. The government's sticking their nose in places once again where it doesn't belong. Speaking of which, not to travel too far from home, right here in Malaysia, this story from World of Buzz. I I want to say something, but I'm going to hold off. Check it out. Links in our show notes. The Malaysian government is organizing a three-day, two-night trip to Port Dixon. That's a holiday resort seaside place here in Malaysia for couples to help reduce divorce cases. (laughs) The government. Yeah. Uh, Activities like dancing will be held to help couples keep the sparks alive. Oh, man. Just over two days ago, the president of the National Population and Family Development Board, mm, we have one of those, uh, released a statement mentioning the Malaysian government is going to be organizing a honeymoon for married couples. It appears the divorce rate recently in Malaysia has been off the charts. 
Aldwin says, if it's free, then I'll be supporting this. <laughs> um, and of course, with the divorce rate going off the charts, it's negatively impacting the birth rate. Married couples, this is a quote, have not had a candlelight dinner with each other despite being married for 10 years. Our plan to organize the honeymoon would not only include a candlelight dinner, but also activities like dancing and trying new things together. The government is going to organize this. Yeah, okay. We hope that through these activities, they'll be able to keep the spark alive in their marriage. Honeymoon will be held on the 14th to the 16th of this month, open to 30 married Malaysian couples. As compared to last year, the birth rate of Malaysia has dropped significantly from an average of four kids per family to 1.7 kids per family. Wow. Check this out. The link here is in our, uh, our show notes if you want to read the rest of the uh, article. The government is going to give you a honeymoon. And, you know, the government, no matter what country you live in, does just such a great job when they try and stick their noses in our lives. I can't imagine this could be anything other than just a wonderful weekend for you couples. So enjoy yourselves. You smell that? That's sarcasm. <clears throat> okay. Okay, this is weird. Link's in our show notes. Check it out. It's a visual if you're listening to the podcast. Sorry, but you, the link is there. You can just click it. It'll open in a new, a new window. This is the strangest thing. Can you tell what this is from the picture? Take a look. It looks like it's a sky, but it looks like it's filled with static, like an old TV static. Those are starlings. <laughs> yeah. Starlings migrating over Rome, which completely fills the sky. This is unbelievable. Look at that shot. If you're listening to the podcast, you must, must check out this link. If you check no other link in our show notes, check out this one. It will, go, it will give you a wow moment. Completely filled. Looks like static covering the entire... And that's a wide vista shot. That's a lot of sky in that shot. Unbelievable. Wow. Those are starlings. And yes, I thought the same thing that you did. Imagine the poop. Seriously. We have a, a couple of spots here in uh, Malaysia where there are a rows of restaurants and the streets are tree-lined, which is nice. The problem is, I don't know if they're starlings or not. They may be. But at night and evening time, right after sunset, these trees all fill with birds if you go there, you hear nothing but the screeching of these birds. It is so loud. And of course, when you have that many birds, you've got that much bird poop. So it blocks the, I mean, un unless you don't care what drops on your car, the entire row in front of some very popular restaurants is useless for parking because nobody wants to park there and get their car bird pooped on. It's just weird. Anyway, I'm surprised we don't have shots like that here with these uh, with these starlings. All right, 
uh, good news department. We do have a little bit tonight, and that is an amazing group of divers. It's a story from Malaysia, but it relates to you no matter where you may be. Again, this is World of Buzz. Links in our show notes. Malaysian divers share the effort they took to save a coral reef from a huge net in Sapadan Island. And these guys, look at this. That is a, I don't know if you can actually see that. It's kind of small, but that is a picture of this awful net that's used for fishing. And that is a picture of the diver who is doing his or her best to uh, get rid of this thing. Uh, taking to social media, Paddy Course Director Royhan Han, I believe is how you say it, shared an experience that fellow diver Poor and their team had during their dive. Uh, sharing Poor's experience, Royhan inserted the caption, Our nightmare came true. Recover well, uh, Sitapan. To give much-needed attention to what took place while Poor and his team were on a reef rescue mission, in Sipadan. I hope I'm saying that right. I honestly don't know. There, that's a little better picture. You can see that very thin line over top of this coral reef with all these fishes. That uh, is a ghost net 900 meters long drifted into uh, Sipadan Island. Unbelievable. There's a lot of ads on this page. The net was struck on a, uh, stuck on a reef uh, between 3 to 10 meters from Barracuda Point. Our team of, of reef divers, five of them, two rangers, started removing the net straight away. It might sound easy, but they had to take out one coral colony at a time in order not to destroy it. Coral reefs are very fragile. Uh, when they then they had to refill their tanks after diving for seven hours, authorities questioned their motives refilling the tanks in nearby Maboy, uh, but it was smooth sailing from there. Uh, they were hit with bad news afterwards, having expressed their hopes there would not be any dead turtles caught in the ghost net. That happens. Worst nightmare would be dead turtles. Hundreds of turtles roaming the area. They need to swim up to the surface regularly to breathe air. Unfortunately, their nightmares came true. The scout team found one sea turtle which had passed away. About 30 sharks and hundreds of reef fish and crustaceans caught in the net. It was the saddest and most depressing dives I've ever had, he's quoted as saying. We attempted to rescue the entrapped fish and other marine life, about 50% success rate. Well, that's something. 90% of the parrotfish and sharks passed away, and the surviving fish were pretty badly injured. Are these ghost net le nets legal? Are, are, I mean, you know, because people don't give a crap about the laws. Tedious is, yeah, not the word. They had to go through it 900 meters long, this bloody net. Ghost nets, they're called. And or these fishermen just drop them and lose them and that's it? Goodbye? Done? Who cares? Unbelievable. I, I really don't know. There's no word about whether or not ghost nets are legal or illegal. Um, it doesn't say. But, man, these guys and this rescue, this diver rescue team who went through all this put a Herculean effort in and they deserve a big round of applause and... Wow.
Sadly, it was not entirely successful. We did lose a lot of marine life, but um, you did your best. Hats off to you guys. Absolutely incredible. Wow. Amazing story. All right. It's time to move on to our book. Are you ready? I had a lot of reaction to Bambi. People are loving it. Yeah, we finished up Willie and the Warthog a few streams ago, and we started Bambi. It's the original, which was originally written in German, and uh, we're doing uh, this. It's from Felix Galt... How do you say his name? Galt Dalton, I believe. Galton. Galton. Felix Galton wrote the original Bambi in German. This is translated from that German original and uh, translated, of course, into English. And uh, we've been, uh, we've just started it. So we're pretty early on in the journey with Bambi. Uh, when we last left, Mother had gone out and checked the field, the open area, to make sure all was safe, given Bambi very specific instructions. And finally, when she deemed everything was good, she looked over at Bambi and called, Come on, then. Bambi jumped forward. He was gripped with an enormous joy that was so magically strong, he forgot about the anxiety he had just felt before. All he had been able to see while he was in the thicket was the green treetops above him, and he saw the few scraps of blue above them only in short, rare glimpses. And now he could see the whole sky high, wide, and blue, and that made him glad, although he didn't know why. Among the trees, all he had seen of the sun had been single broad rays or the gentle scattering of golden light that played beneath the branches. Now he suddenly found himself standing in a hot and dazzling power that forced itself upon him. He stood within this copious blessing of warmth and closed his eyes and opened his heart. Bambi was exhilarated. He was completely beside himself. It was simply wonderful. He spontaneously jumped into the air three times, four times, five times on the spot where he stood. He couldn't help himself. He had to do it. Something yanked him up and made him jump. His young limbs had such powerful spring in them the air went so deep and easily into his lungs that he drank it in. All the fragrances of the meadow, with so much overpowering cheer, he simply had to jump. Bambi was a child. If he'd been a human child, he would have shouted with joy. But he was a young deer, and deer cannot shout, or at least not in the same way as human children. So he rejoiced, in his own way, with his legs, with his whole body that threw him into the air. His mother stood nearby and was glad to watch him. She watched him going crazy. She saw him as he threw himself up high, dropped clumsily back down to the same spot, started ahead in confusion and exhilaration, and then, in the next moment, threw himself back up in the air over and over again. She understood that Bambi had only ever seen the narrow deer paths in the woods on the few days of his existence, had only ever become used to the narrowness of the thicket, and that he therefore did not move from the spot where he stood because he still didn't understand that he was free to run around the whole of the meadow. 
she stretched out her forelegs and lowered herself onto them, gave a little laugh to Bambi, and she was suddenly away, rushing round in circles so the tall grass swished loudly. Bambi was startled and remained motionless. Was that meant to mean he should go back to the woods? Don't bother about me, his mother had said. Wherever you see, whatever you hear, just get away. Get away as fast as you can. He wanted to turn and run and run as he'd been told. Then his mother suddenly came galloping towards him, making a wonderful noise. She came to within two steps from him, lowered her body as she'd done the first time, laughed to him and called, Try and catch me and rushed away from him. Bambi was astonished. What was all this supposed to mean? What had come over his mother all of a sudden? But then she was coming back again, at such enormous speed, it was enough to make you dizzy. She poked him in the side with her nose, and quickly said, Try and catch me, and ran away again. Bambi stumbled after her a few steps, but those steps soon became little jumps. They carried him, he thought. He was flying. They carried him by themselves. There was space under his steps, space under his jumps, space, space. Bambi was beside himself. The grass made a glorious sound in his ears. It was deliciously soft, as tender as silk as he skimmed across it. His mother stood for a while as she caught her breath. She only moved in the direction of Bambi as he rushed by. Bambi flew like the wind. Suddenly, it stopped. Bambi stopped running and went over to his mother in an elegant, high-stepping trot, where he looked happily in her face. Then they walked along contentedly beside each other. Since he'd come out here into the open, Bambi had seen the sky, the sun, wide stretch of green, only his body, only with a blinkered, drunken glance at the sky, with the cozy feeling of the warmth on his back and the invigorating feel of the sun that made him take ever deeper breaths. Now, for the first time, he began to enjoy the glory of the meadow with his eyes, which surprised him with new wonders with every step he took. There were no scraps of bare earth that could be seen as there were among the trees. Here, every spot was covered with dense grass, every blade cuddling close with the others, which swelled up in abundant glory. Linked gently to one side under each step, and immediately sprang back upright with no sense of insult. The broad green plain was starry with white daisies and violets and the thick red heads of the clover as it began to blossom, and with the shining majesty of the golden flowers held up by the dandelions. Look, mother, called Bambi, there's a flower flying away. That's not a flower, his mother said. That's a butterfly. Bambi was delighted and watched the butterfly as it very gently freed itself from a stalk of grass and in tumbled flight floated away. Now Bambi saw that there were many such butterflies flying in the air over the meadow. They seemed to be in a hurry, but they were slow. They tumbled up and down in a game that enchanted him. They really did look like flowers moving about, 
gay flowers that didn't want to just keep still on their stalks and had got up to have a little dance, or, like flowers that had come down with the sun, had still not found a place for themselves and were carefully looking round for one. They would sink down and disappear as if they'd already found a place, but then would fly straight up again, just a little way at first, and then higher in order to carry on with their search, always seeking because the best places were already occupied. Bambi looked at all of them. He would have liked so to see one of them close up. He would have liked to examine just one of them, but he wasn't able to. They never stopped flitting about between each other. It made him quite dizzy. When once again he looked down to the ground, everything he saw brought him a thousand delights, nimble, living things that flew up when he stepped near them. All around him there was something jumping, sprinkling into the air, something that became visible in a tumultuous swarm, and the next second sank back into the green ground from which it had come. "'What's that, mother?' he asked. "'That's the little ones,' she answered. "'Look,' called Bambi. "'There's a piece of grass that's jumping up. "'It's jumping so high.' "'Oh, that isn't grass,' his mother explained. "'That's a nice grasshopper.' "'Why does it jump like that?' asked Bambi. "'Because we're moving about,' his mother answered. "'It's frightened.' "'Oh!' Bambi went over to the grasshopper, which was sitting high in the white dish of a daisy. Oh, said Bambi politely, you don't need to be frightened. We certainly won't do anything to you. I'm not frightened, the grasshopper retorted in a raspy voice. I was just a bit startled at first, as I was speaking to my wife. "'Please excuse us for disturbing you,' said Bambi modestly. "'That doesn't matter,' the grasshopper rasped. "'As it's you, it doesn't matter. "'But you never know who might be coming, "'and you have to watch out for yourself.' "'Oh, I haven't been out here in the meadow before,' Bambi told him. "'My mother,' the grasshopper, stood there with his head lowered "'in a way that made him look very cross. "'His face looked serious, and he grumbled, I'm not interested in that. I haven't got the time to be here chatting with you. i got to go find my wife. Hop! And he was gone. Hop! said Bambi, rather puzzled and astonished at the height of the leaping grasshopper. Bambi ran to his mother. Listen, I've just been talking with him. With who? his mother asked. Well, with the grasshopper. Bambi explained. I-, I was talking with him. He was so friendly to me, and I liked him so much. He was so green. It's wonderful. And on his back, you can see right through him. There aren't any leaves like that, not even the finest leaf. That was his wings. Was it? Bambi continued speaking. And he's got such a serious face, as if he were thinking hard about something. But he was friendly to me anyway. And he can jump so high. That must be awfully hard. Hop, he said, and he jumped so high that I couldn't see him anymore. They walked on. Bambi was very excited about his conversation with the grasshopper. And he was a little tired, as it was the first time he had talked with a stranger. He was hungry and pressed close to his mother so she could refresh himself. Then 
when he was once more standing there for a while, just staring ahead of him in the sweet little inebriation that always enveloped him and when he had drunk all he'd wanted from his mother, he saw a whitish flower down in the tangle of grass stems. It moved. Bambi looked closer. No, that was not a flower. It was a butterfly. Bambi crept closer. The butterfly was hanging listlessly from a stem of grass and gently moved his wings about. Please stay where you are, Bambi called to him. Why should I stay where I am? I'm a butterfly, after all, he asked in astonishment. Oh, please stay where you are just for a little while, Bambi begged him. I've been wanting to see you close up for so long now. Uh, please be so kind. All right, then, said the little white butterfly, but not for too long. Bambi stood in front of him. You're beautiful, he said in enchantment. So beautiful, like a flower. What? The butterfly clasped his wings like a flower. Well, everyone I know agrees that we're much more beautiful than flowers. Bambi was confused at that. Uh, yes, uh, certainly, he stuttered. Much more beautiful. Uh, please forgive me. I, I just wanted to say, I don't really care what you wanted to say, the butterfly retorted. He started to show off by curving his narrow body and playing idly with his sensitive antenna. Bambi was enthralled and continued to watch him. You're so elegant, he said. So fine and elegant, and those white wings of yours, they're so majestic. The butterfly lay his wings wide open, and he put them together again above him, where they looked like the taut sail of a yacht. Oh, Bambi exclaimed, now I understand. You're more beautiful than the flowers, and you can fly as well. Flowers can't do that. They have to stay where they're growing. That's how. The butterfly raised himself up. That's enough now, he said. I can fly. And he lifted himself up in the air with such ease that it couldn't be seen and it could not be understood. His white wings moved gently, full of grace, and he was already drifting there in the air and the sunshine. It was only for your sake that I remained sitting there for so long, he said and he jiggled up and down in front of Bambi. But now I will fly away. And that was the meadow. Coming up, we'll move on to Chapter 3 on Saturday night with our book of Bambi. Wow. <laughs> what a great story. If you've seen the animated original uh, Disney film of Bambi, yeah can't be beat. And so far, pretty much following along, although I'm not sure if Thumper the Rabbit is in the book or not. That might, might have been a Disney add-on. We'll find out later. <laughs> All right, that's it, folks. Thanks so much for joining. I will see you again on Saturday night. Please like, subscribe, follow the podcast, our live stream, all of our channels. We really appreciate it. It's absolutely free. Uh, just click follow or subscribe, and that's it. You're in the club. <laughs> I'll see you Saturday night. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night.
Snort. <laughs>